Well, howdy, y'all. Start 2021 off right by taking good care of your skin. Our good friends at Cosmetic are bringing you some of the best CBD skin and body care products on the market. Cosmetic's Hemp Pain Cream is my favorite, as you guys well know. So uh, go check them out. Check out all their products at Cosmedicated.com and get 2021 started off right. And uh, when you're checking out at the Cosmetic Online Store, use promo code SOS20, that's SOS20, at checkout and get 20% off of your entire order. It's a heck of a deal. All right, let's do the podcast thing. Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. This is my podcast, and this is the 52nd week of 2020, which means that this is the 52nd episode of South of Scruffy. We put out an episode every Monday since the beginning of 2020, starting with episode number one, which was Matt Honkinen from Pitchwire and Peak Physique. And Matt also wrote and produced the music for this podcast. So that was episode number one back in January, released the first week of 2020 when Corona was just a beer. And uh, then 52 weeks later, here we are with uh, this week's guest, Joseph Nother, the last guest of 2020. My man Jano is the co-founder and executive creative director of the advertising agency Design Sensory. Joseph also co-founded our production company, Pop Fizz. That's where I spend most of my days. And together, uh, Joseph's company and our company, we make TV shows, commercials, digital content, long-form content for over-the-top or OTT platforms. That's your Netflixes, your Amazon Primeses. But uh, this was an interesting conversation for me for a lot of reasons. I've uh, been wanting to get him on here for a while, for one. But uh, we got to dig pretty heavily into the changing world of film and television, which is a space where we work together. And uh, we may have gotten hung up talking about The Mandalorian for just a second, but that's because both of us uh, really feel like that series will uh, symbolize a turning point in our industry, say, in 30 years when we look back at this moment in entertainment history, uh, which he and I are trying to impact somehow. Uh, but once you get through our Mando conversation, you'll uh, hear from a very sincere and extremely talented creative mind in Joseph. And uh, I'm honored that he came by and I'm honored that you guys are here to listen. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your 2020 and an incredible 2021 because 2020 is going to be your year. You're scared, aren't you? A little gun shy from the last one. I don't blame you. Oh, one more thing. I would uh, I want to give the biggest of shout outs and a huge thank you to the producer of this podcast, Sam Thomas. Uh, Sam's efforts this year have helped this podcast gain a little bit of recognition. He's helped us grow. He's upped the quality of the podcast by a lot. And uh, I honestly could not keep this thing up without him. So happy new year to you, Sam. And uh, if, you, if you want to know more about Sam and how awesome he is, go back and uh, listen to episode number eight where he was a guest. And then he also came back at episode 39 to talk about uh, his record that he produced on Alicia Keys this year. Uh, so check him out. I love you, Sam. Thanks, man. And uh, let's get to my chat with my friend, Jano. Please make welcome, Joseph Nother. We're doing the podcast. Any of them are any of them scotches or are they all no well this is okay. this is a scotch oh this is a this is a great scotch i brought it because it's one of my favorites um just so i i wanted i wanted to share it with you just to try the uh awesome. balvaney uh um, caribbean cask so this is a scotch this is essentially a bourbon and then this is a toddy um, what's a toddy a toddy is a like a like a uh, a bourbon base or a whiskey base and then it has spices so it, it, this is uh 
it's basically like uh, Thanksgiving in a bottle. You know, <laughs> it's got mulling spices and oh, it's it's honey. It's just it's just really really good. Your friend, our friend, our mutual friend Brad Carpenter uh, likes likes to drink my stash of. Uh, <laughs> my stock of this stuff because throughout the he's probably done, gone through at least two bottles of that this year while recording podcasts in my office <laughs> does yeah. he do does he do the pod in your office yeah it's but yeah and he and he he drinks my he drinks my liquor um, do you, are you gonna have to get a safe or a locker or something i'm, I'm gonna have to with, <laughs> with that with, guy? with brad around yeah i yeah. love the stuff that uh that he's been that he's been doing with you guys those podcasts that uh, you guys have produced together. Yeah. Really been good. Well, and he's, uh, you know, he's certainly paid his dues at it. He, uh, I think his biggest break this year has been with, you know, with discovery. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because we, we literally have just launched in the last week to two weeks, um, the HGTV Obsessed podcast and then the Food Network podcast, which, you which know, is called Obsessed also, right? Which is also called Obsessed. Yeah. They're, they're trying to, uh, sort of create this, uh, I think this sort of ecosystem of of podcasts in the future, and they wanted to sort of start with with two that was kind of for the super fan, you know. So like, if you follow HETV and you know all their shows and all their celebrities, and you're just sort of that, you know, that that kind of enthusiast of of the network. Right. They wanted a, a podcast that was all about that network that you kind of pick up on all the backstories. So, gotcha. and that's so the, it's like bonus content exactly for, for enthusiasts. That's exactly right. Yeah, and yeah. you know they're smart. They're too smart. They know exactly what they're doing. And uh, at, at Discovery, this is all sort of coinciding with their launch of. Uh, Discovery Plus, right? In right, which is year. their OTT network. That's or right. OTT platform. That's right. So you can, you know, you now you can you can watch the linear programming on, you know, traditional TV. You can watch back catalog. You can see some of the newer original content that shoulder content that surrounds some of that. On Discovery Plus, you're on talking Discovery about? Plus, yeah. yeah. And now you can, you know, even get additional stories behind that. You know, on these podcasts, like convergent content or, or that's right. stuff that's just a little, a, a little deeper, deeper dive into some of their shows. Exactly, their yeah. Content. Which you know, you know, know well about with Pop Fizz. Yeah. Well, it seems like I mean, I wonder where they got the name Discovery Plus, though. You know, I know. <laughs> I hope. I hope. You know, I, I could. I they probably you know had a lot of Zoom calls about it this year. Didn't I bet they? they did. Yeah. Well, so with the with the podcast that you guys are are creating for them, I have I find it hard to believe that they had never made found it hard to believe that they had never made a podcast before right. for the network. I was in the same boat. And, you know, for us, we, again, just testament to Brad, we, we had to pull this off really both of them within six to eight weeks. Really? Yeah. From name to concept to, um, did you come talent. up with the name? Yeah. We, we, it's worked. brilliant, man. <laughs> it's brilliant because well, it just, it, in, in one word, it embodies, I think the relationship that a lot of fans of HGTV have to mm-hmm. to the net to the network and the family of networks, and it's it's a little bit colloquial while also being um, very pop pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it's brilliant. And, you know, and I, I wish we could take full credit for that, but it, it really came out of a very short list. I think that 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 early on we had it was sort of like. You get a brief and they're describing to you kind of what they think the show direction should be. Yeah. You know, and you see this word creeping up over and over. You know, yeah. like, well, let's 
let's just call it what it wants to be, you know? Right. Um, and, and so, you know, we had a couple other options, but it really sort of came out of their, you know, their own, I, what I would consider vision for where they wanted it to go. Really food was a bit less that case um, because the food network podcast doesn't take this is sort of the same approach. It's a different, it's a different uh, format, format. Yeah. Um, you know, but they like, they, they do want that sense of the super fan, mm. but not just a fan of the network work in the programming, but food in general. Gotcha. So it's a bit of a broader sort of pitch on Food Network. It's not just a fanboy podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Podcast for the super fan, but also a foodie. Yeah. Foodie. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. What else are you guys working on uh, right now that's that's super exciting uh, besides the HGTV podcast obsessed and Food Network? There's always, you know, I think that and that's one of the things I love about the agency. Uh, you know, people always ask me what are some of the things that 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 inspire me, mm-hmm. and just and I can just sort of say this between even with Design Sensory and Pop Fizz that that the, the amount of work, what's going on at any given moment, there's just so much, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm saying that at whatever our size is, I'm sure that if you had someone sitting here who was part of a larger agency or Proco or, you know, had their hand in a lot of other things would, would say the same thing. But, um, you know, whether it's this work with Discovery or we've done a lot of work with the state this year mm-hmm. uh, on the response to COVID-19. A lot of the messaging. A lot of the uh, public service announcement messages. Uh, uh, now, uh, I, I just bring it up because now we've got a, a lovely sort of optimistic swing to that with the vaccine. Right. So now we're, we're sort of pivoting to figure out what our messaging is going to be around uh, vaccine and how we're going to make sure everybody knows what phase that they're in and, mm-hmm. and, and how they can, you know, get a vaccine shot. Uh, um, but we've been doing that since uh, May. Um, you know, so it's been a bit of a long road on that. We were working with Regal, another, again, just to sort of ground it yeah. in 2020. We started out the year with them. Which is um, a huge, huge client for you guys, I'm sure. That's right. right. They're, I don't remember the stats now, but Regal, um, they, I want to say they're the second largest cinema either the second or third uh, in the world. For market share? Based on, yeah, I think they do it by screens. Oh, really? And uh, and so, and, and you know, they're based in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Um, and we um, we started working with them earlier in the year. Uh, I remember one of, a couple of the first two projects, but one of them happened to be for Bond, No Time to Die. Uh, James Bond, James movie. Bond movie. Yeah. Did it, yeah. did that movie ever come out? Nope. And that oh. basically set the, the, the tone for the rest of the year with, with Regal. I mean, you started to get movie after movie getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Yeah. It's kind of crazy what happened. And then they, they did a couple of, you know, with quarantine happening and everybody being at home, uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, studios got a lot of pushback for charging $20 to have a, uh, to release a film for right. on an OTT platform where you can, you know, download it at your house and watch it where you would easily pay that in, you know, one and a half tickets. That's right. Uh, you know, at a theater. But the fact that it was coming to you at your house, you know, as a new release, people wouldn't, wouldn't. Yep. Yeah. Universal got huge blowback on oh, that. Oh, they did. Yeah. Uh, and they, and they got a huge blowback from their own community too, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Well, and so that's why I guess instead of, you know, uh, studios going that route to go ahead and release them digitally. They're just waiting. They're just sitting on them until people can get back in the put meat in the seats, baby. That's right. <laughs> That's a Steinbrenner thing. Yeah. Yeah. Rack them, pack them. I mean, it's, it's, it's <laughs> there's a diehard, uh, uh, but, but, but it, 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 
it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the spring of next year because you know they they literally have because of this backlog it's like every week you've got you know two three four five films coming out right. or at least they're supposed to and i know even just this month there've been recent you know developments i think time warner is going to start releasing um, uh, simultaneously, both on uh, uh, you know OTT and in theaters. Yeah. Uh, who knows w- what type of experiment that's going to be? I know Disney did that with Mulan, and they're doing it again with. Um, actually, no, I think they're they're actually taking Soul, Pixar Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just going to release it on Disney Plus. Really? Um, yeah. And so, and then of course, Wonder that's Woman. It's got to be tough because, yeah. man, I mean, those 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 films have hundreds of millions of dollars right. spent on them. I mean, I think I was looking at Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. It's like 200, it was a quarter of a billion dollar movie to produce it. How are you going to make that money back just by putting it on your OTT platform that's $7 a month? I mean, and that's just the sort of beauty of, I guess, money this year. It's become so fictional, you know, because even that, all of these platforms, even Netflix, I mean, they're not, they're not making money. No, they're not. They yeah. put it all back into the platform. They're trying to get other people's licensed content off of Netflix right. and, and, create their own content. They're trying to be a Disney plus really. Yeah. And they just kind of backdoored it. Yeah. And, and even that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even Disney, you know, they're, they're not going to be profitable with Disney plus until I think it said 2024. Really? Yeah. Which is insane because that's also like, I mean, that's their content. Yeah. And their content and they yeah, still can't make money. Still can't make money off of it. Yeah. It's not like they had yeah. to, I mean, most of it, they didn't even have to produce. No. It's already done. All yeah. that's in the can. Well, The Mandalorian has certainly made a huge fuss in 2020. Yeah, I like your uh, Baby Yoda Grogu yeah, I had, shirt I had there. to. I had yeah. to. Um, that was – you were actually, I think, the first person to tell me about The Mandalorian. And, uh, boy, that has been a bright spot of, of this year. I guess it was last year too, but but this year. It's really something special. Have you been following with it? Yeah, I'm, I'm caught up. Yeah, okay. And, and I'm not a Star Wars guy. Like Interesting. It, yeah, it was a – I actually, since Disney Plus happened, I went back and and you know I won't say caught up, but I at least watched the the first three. Yeah. Or you the know prequels. What I mean? Yeah. No. No. The middle three. The middle three. <laughs> yeah, the middle. Three. We're having this conversation with my kids right now. <laughs> it's like, and we're totally messing them up. You yeah. know, now that they got their n- n- numbers down, now we're like, yeah, no, four, five, and six. It's really one, two, and three. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never. I, I just always saw it as like this. Uh, just kind of esoteric world that was nerdy and you know it I, I wasn't I, I wasn't a sci-fi guy uh but man Mandalorian doesn't matter no it's really a more of a western too right yeah it is and I mean you go back and you look at at you know the a lot of sci-fi has is western has western tendencies did you ever watch Firefly yeah, oh yeah yeah that's one of my favorites yeah you know? yeah uh Nathan Fillion yeah and, uh, great uh, yeah no I Gina uh, Torres G- yeah yeah Alan Taduke yeah yeah, it's, I won't correct you because I don't know if I can. Uh, but no, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big star. I'm a big, excuse me, sci-fi uh, buff. Probably not to the degree that Brad is. No, oh, yeah, Brad uh, Carpenter loves that stuff. Uh, yes, he Jedi is. Daddy. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's I mean, Instagram handle. You can't whatever. can't compete with that. Yeah. But but I mean, I'm I'm a close, you know, in terms of enthusiasm. Anyway, probably not in terms of knowledge. But uh, you know, it's always stayed with me since I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sci- sci-fi from a number of points of view, and and so yeah, I've I've loved Star Wars, but I'll, you're absolutely right, Ben. That the Mandalorian, in many ways, has I don't know if I want to say restored because I've never been one of those people that felt let down. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm entertained, that's I'll I'll start there, and yeah, sure. you know, if I have a good time in two hours, then to those 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 people who pour their you know heart and soul into that work, I'm not gonna. 
you know, beat them up over sure. plot holes, even though I'd hope maybe they do better. But 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 nevertheless, I'm I'm usually happy with that. But Mandalorian has made that universe for me even even better. Um, and the, you know, they've just done an incredible job with that. It it feels like uh, it feels like enthusiasm for Star Wars was becoming. Um, it wasn't growing. Yeah, waning. you know, yeah, it was yeah. waning. It was certainly waning after you know. It seems like they're reaching for stuff with the Clone Wars and with uh, with uh, mm-hmm. all the Lego kind of things. And then Mandalorian has has made it uh, has made it cool. It's made it uh, mainstream. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's always kind of been a if you know, you know, secret kind of thing. Yeah, that, I think it's a challenge doing. for them as they're going to have to figure out going forward. Because, I mean, you've seen, obviously, the final episode of mm-hmm. uh, the finale of season two. Yeah. Which, you know, I think everybody has been really thrilled with. Mm-hmm. It's awesome to see, I won't spoil it, but it's awesome to see that, uh, that character return. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've also read certain uh, articles where it's sort of like, okay, you're on a bit of a <laughs> potentially dangerous precipice here because... You know, as you start to bring a lot more of that mainstream narrative back in, Mm -hmm. of the Skywalker narrative, let's call it, Mm -hmm. into Mandalorian, you you know, you just hope it doesn't co-opt what they're doing with it. Right. Because it's nice to be... You know, in a galaxy far, far away, but in a different place. Yeah, exactly. Where <laughs> yeah. where it could even be happening at the same time. You know, right. you just you know, you're just you just happen to be in a different part of the universe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds like they're going to keep running with that thing. Yeah. They, 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 <laughs> they, so as we speak, you know, all of a sudden, it's kind of like you know, and again, like I, I have high faith because of the people involved. You know, yeah. with Filoni and. Uh, um, with uh, oh gosh, Favreau. I'm blanking. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, John Favreau, and I mean they're doing an incredible job, and they're also being very diverse about the people yeah. that they're involving in it, both behind and in front of the camera. So it's good to see that. But the uh, um, yeah, I think they're coming out with like Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> but like they have, and that's what I mean. Like it, it's like if if Mandalorian did not do what it's done. Yeah. And they came out and they probably wouldn't have, but if, and then they came up with like, Hey, we're going to come with like, you know, four five, six new series <laughs> and then two animated series and then a new film. Like if they did all that without the Mandalorian being what it is, I think a lot of people would have gotten upset with Disney and yeah. just been like, look, you're just ringing the register on a purchase you made, which right. fine. But like, you know, our, from an artistic standpoint, what are you doing? But because Mandalorian and these people have accomplished what they have, it's sort of been like, all right, you know, hope is restored. It's kind of ironic. That's what it feels like. Yeah. And it feels like they're coming up on some, they're utilizing some really, uh, really edgy bleeding edge kind of cinematic techniques for this stuff too. I hear that is pretty out there and is gonna, and is really changing the world. I mean, if we, I mean, what is it? The digital mat piece that you were talking about where it's like, it, it's these doing, screens. It's yeah. these, the, the back of the, yeah. Is yeah. that what they're called as maps? I don't, I don't know. I was going to ask you, I, I just remember reading very quickly about, you know, like the backgrounds are like pra- sort of a practical digital. Yeah. 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 It's like a, it's like a psych wall that, that is, that is LED or, you know, OLED organic LED, <laughs> you know, pixels and they can put whatever they want back there and you yep. can change the perspective on it. And and all that and there's technicians that you know a team of technicians that have to run that background. the wall <laughs> yeah they have to run the wall yeah. instead of uh, art directors who build a set you know in a studio somewhere it's basically like a holodeck in a way yeah I think so yeah and it it just it's taken stuff to the next level and like with the what we saw with the deep fake and in, in the season yep. two finale yeah I mean I. 
I think that is going to be next level. I was thinking yeah. about it like when you start seeing biopics in the future, like <laughs> the Beatles biopic that's coming out, like what's to stop it from just looking just like Paul McCartney, no. just like John Lennon? Know. You know what I mean? The technology's there now. It's crazy. And it's getting, it's getting real. <laughs> I, I, it didn't bother me either. I mean, I was just, I was, I was squealing probably. I was so excited yeah. just to see what they were doing yeah. that I didn't care. You know, I have, again, I've seen some people react and they're like, oh, you know, it kind of looked a the little, shark. right. <laughs> and I'm thinking, look, look, okay. As somebody who's had to watch uh, the Polar Express, <laughs> I've probably watched it 20 plus times in the last, you know, two, three years because of my kids, right? right? Like, look, what they're doing with that is so much better than yeah. where we were back in like 20, you know, 2008 or 10 or whatever. Like, let's let's give people a little bit of a <laughs> raw, a raw pat, yeah. yeah pat on the back because yeah. you know okay it's not potentially like fully real but you know what that's because it's not fully real guys yeah like, i mean people still liked tupac's hologram <laughs> at, at coachella you know yeah. it's still... yeah. are you from here joseph did you yeah, grow up so here i did i actually grew up in knoxville i was born here uh lived here for about three or four years and then and then um you know, my, 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 my parents were having some issues. It's a very interesting story. And my mother decided to leave and go to uh, uh, San Jose in California. Okay. South of San Francisco? Right? Yeah, about 40 minutes inland. Um, and so we – and she went there because that's the, the – that was where her closest family lived, her her brother, my mm-hmm. uh, you know, my uncle. And uh, – um, and so I So lived, you stayed with your dad? No, I stayed with my mother. Oh, you went um, with mom? Well, with mom. Okay. Uh, he stayed here um, and he uh, principally because of business, uh, you know, he, he stayed here to work. He stayed here to work. Okay. He, he's an entrepreneur. He had his business and uh, and he, he he had to stay here, but he'd come out and visit, you know, it would be, be that situation. They were separated. But you guys um, kept up. But we dad. kept up with. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, long story short, we came back um, in 92. So how so, long were you in California? So uh, about nine years. Okay. Yeah. That's good. You, you've always, you've always, when I, the, when I heard you talk for the first time, I felt like you spent some time in California. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, 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 you dodged the, uh, you dodged the Southern twang in your formative years. Yeah. It's, it, I probably throw a lot of people off now cause I do have some of it. I, you, you can't place it, you know, it's yeah. sort of a bit of a twang, but yeah. not really. And maybe it's on a few words, but not on others. Yeah. And then there's a hint of ethnicity somewhere else, you know, it's yeah. just kind of, it throws people off. Well, what is, where, where are your parents from? Like yeah. your, your dad's Irish, right? Yeah, he's 100% full Irish. He was born in Dublin, uh, Ireland. Yeah. And What about uh, your mom? And she's from the Philippines. So she's okay. from the uh, uh, southern part of the Philippines. Philippines has three large islands, uh, and she's from Davao, which is the uh, the southernmost island. Okay. Yeah. Cool. How'd they meet? And so they met in Canada, naturally, oh, right? Yeah, because yeah, that's how someone, yeah, <laughs> you just sort of like take the globe, pick something in the middle-ish. And yeah. yeah. So my mother, so what I've learned is that, you know, over, I guess the United States, Canada, I guess North America has for the longest time, they've, they've tapped the Philippines for, uh, for talent, especially for like nursing, ah. teaching, healthcare, things yeah. like that. That's been going on, I guess, for decades. Mm. She was originally wanted to be a doctor, had some health issues, so she became a nurse okay. and was part of a program that uh, with the U.S. where they they brought you over here and you would work 
I, I, you know, I think it's part of a work, sort of a work visa situation. You would work here for a certain period of time. They would grant you status and then, uh, you know, you'd become a citizen, et cetera, et cetera. So Excellent. that's how she got over here. Um, and, you know, she, uh, she got her RN. She was an RN for, uh, I want to say it was 15 years. She, she, um, she worked in Detroit. She worked at the Mayo Clinic oh, wow. in Rochester. And then she uh, she worked – when she was in Detroit, she'd kind of go back and forth between uh, Michigan and Canada, Ontario, because mm. you can, you know, just yeah. go back and forth. It's close. She'd do that to work two jobs. Oh, nice. My father was in Canada because for some reason, you know, Ireland's interesting. Irish – the Irish tend to – I think from what I gather, there are, there are more – uh, there are more Irish outside of Ireland hmm. than there are in Ireland. Ireland's not very big, right? No, it's not very big. And so they, 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 there was vast waves of immigrants who left and came to the U.S., Canada, and so forth. Mm-hmm. His family came to Canada. And, Is that a, uh, like a similar latitude? They knew, they knew how to farm that exactly. land or whatever. It was, it was new, but the same, you <laughs> yeah, know, it was diff- exactly. and, uh, and so they, they all made the trek there. And, and, you know, my dad was in, um, sort of industrial engineering. Mm. Uh, anyway, he also played soccer on the side. Really? He got hurt one day, had a problem with his knee and my mother <laughs> was his nurse. <laughs> It's kind of, it's kind of, Ben, don't, don't, don't make me go any deeper with this. Okay. It's, it's storybook stuff, oh, man. Oh man. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. You don't, I mean, that's like, yeah, that's, that's a movie. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, and then, you know, you, you'd asked me this before we started, but like, you know, my, my, my dad's got seven brothers and eight sisters, right? He had 16 kids in his family. It's crazy. My grandmother was pregnant 20 times. Your grandmother was yeah, pregnant 20, 20 times. times. I mean, I, I, I seriously, I mean, jokes. God aside, bless like, her. I know. And I think this is like when I'm struggling sometimes with our two boys, I'm thinking to myself, okay, hats off to you all. I don't know how you get through. People do it, man. That, I don't know how like, people just survive. They just get resilient humans. Yeah, you know, you do what you got to do, but yeah, 16 kids. And so, you know, he was one of, and this 16. was in Ireland, in Ireland, in Dublin, yeah. in Dublin. Yeah. D- in Dublin. Yeah. Well, no wonder there's more people outside of Ireland. They don't have enough space for <laughs> for 16 kids yeah. of family. You yeah. got to put them somewhere. They'd be more rambunctious too with all the yeah. drink. You know, you just got to have some space. So how how did they end up down here? They met in Canada, and then how they end up in Knoxville? Yeah, and dad's job. So he you mom know, can work anywhere, right? Well, <laughs> and, and you know they met, and I think at some point when she, you know she she stopped being a nurse. Um, hmm. He he started to have success, but it all comes back down to entrepreneurship. He he. Uh, he was working with a company called Allied Signal for a while. Hmm. Allied Signal, which they still may be around, but they they do a lot of safety restraint system seat belts. Oh, gotcha. Um, and later on, airbags hmm. and it's sort of the you know components that go into an airbag or a seat belt. Metal pieces, so you know what metal pieces that sort of hold the fiber together or that belt loop, right? Yeah. They, they, those metal pieces have to be stamped. They have to be um, it's crazy. It's, it's yeah, it's <laughs> great. It's crazy. The smallest piece of the seat belt, <laughs> right? And there's like there's eight, a whole industry, whole process. Yeah, uh, you know, because the metal can't it can't be sharp because if it is, it'll cut the cut the seat belt. The seat belt. <laughs> yeah. So you have to what's called deburr it, meaning you have to desharpen it. You yeah. know, you've got to run it in in like you, which is. Very mechanical and and not very sexy. It's basically you put these metal parts in this big bowl with rocks, uh, like and a it hopper? vibrates. Yeah. yeah, and it just vibrates. It's called vibratory deburring. Weirdly enough, because and I know this well because I, I worked <laughs> for my dad for a period, and uh, and and it would they would just shake 
until the <laughs> edges are not you know, sharp anymore. Uh, so you were in the seatbelt rack for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I oh man, I don't, you know, and then like these parts have to be dipped into plastics, right. you know, all that jazz. Yeah. So that's what he did. And, and what happened was he, he, uh, always be the entrepreneurial person. He, he got a chance to, um, they came to him after a while and were like, look, we need to put a plant in, in Knoxville, Tennessee. Because they had, I guess it was just sort of a supply chain deal. They had a uh, out, they had a uh, outpost out here, and they were going to start assembling whatever. So they needed a supplier here to do the work for that, you know, location. So he said, "All right, I'll do it." And uh, they made the trek down here, and that's what planted our roots in Knoxville. Yeah, yeah. And, and you had did you got a brother? I do. I do. I have a, I, I have a brother and a sister. Um, okay. they're, 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 they're literally, my brother is a brother from another mother, same okay. dad, Jason, and then Megan, who's my sister. Okay. Um, and so my dad remarried later on, uh, another interesting story, but he, he remarried for a period, had them, um, went through some challenges there, but you know, one of the beauty, beautiful points of that obviously is that I have a brother and sister, but yeah. I was an only child for <clears throat> about 15 years. Really? Yeah. So your your brother is fifteen years younger than you. Yeah. See, he's oh, wow. uh, he's uh, he he is uh, what is he twenty one, and I'm I'm turning uh, oh gosh I'm turning forty next month. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Your so, brother looks just like Steph Curry, by the way. <laughs> he does. He, <laughs> he, he really like does. He, he he you know when he has that facial hair, yeah. I told him that like Jason, man, what 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 are you are you trying to you know be a stand in for him? Yeah. Uh, we'll get you set up, but so. You go out to San Jose with mom, mm-hmm. and then you come back around what time? How old are you when you yeah, come back? Yeah, I came back in, in um, I want to say it was 12 or 13. Okay. Um, Tough yeah. time for a, for a kid to reacclimate. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah it was socially and all that. So it, What was it, that like? Well, it, 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 you, and you get to, a, I think, one of those – sorry. That's sorry. Right. And you get to one of those inflection points for me where, where I'm, I'm coming in – uh, to Knoxville at seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very tough time. Yeah. And, um, you know, out in California, um, someone who looks like me is, is pretty uh, standard fare. Mm-hmm. Okay. But not here. Yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm and not, not, not that, you know, I'm not, I'm actually, I've not, I've not really ever experienced, you know, any prejudice or race, or at least any, any to my face. Right. But, but you become aware of, of the differences a little bit. Right. And uh, I wasn't so much aware of it there as I was when I came here. Yeah, sure. Every, there's there's a lot of uh, ethnic ambiguity to, to, to Californians. California. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and here, it's very white. It's very white. Yeah. yeah. 90, 90%, 91% white. But, but at the time, so we came, came in in seventh grade and- um, what was interesting is that, you know, I came in and, and I don't have a whole lot of memory. I mean, it, it was pretty quiet and struggling, just trying to figure things out for a while there. And then all of a sudden something happened and that sort of changed things for me. And that was this, you know, I, I was a bit of a loner growing up. Um, and this is where this sort of all comes together. I really loved Star Trek. I got into that big mm-hmm. as a kid because I'm basically growing up with a single mom, you know, and I mean, yeah. it's not a discredit my dad, but I mean, he's super busy trying to provide for all of us um, in, you know, 
Consequently, one of the still most expensive places in the uh, in the nation, California. So your dad ended up out there at some point. No, he didn't end up out there, but oh, they, but he they was maintained for... this distance relationship for yeah. a long time. Okay, and, and he was making Knoxville money and spending it in California. <laughs> that's not what you want. No, that's not what you want. <laughs> but you, you kind of want to do it the other way. But yeah. but the uh, uh, so you know, and we so we came back, and part of that had to do with you know he 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 started to have some issues in his business, and so we sort of like you know, regrouped here to take a new stand. Gotcha. And, um, and so some of the things that, that I just started to get into when I was growing up in California sort of res- sort of came back around. And what I'm referring to is just sketching and drawing. Mm. I would have, I, so we, I had an art class and we would start doing these, these, you know, they, you know, just be doing the lessons. And, um, I love to draw. I, I love, you know, comic books, and graphic novels. I was huge in, uh, into that um, as a youngster, and in, even into my teenage years. I, I loved that so much. I would, you know, get the comics, and then what I would do is I would um, basically like learn to draw by first at first tracing it, and then I would, and then eventually I would just start creating my own characters and sketching, and this is what I would just be doing. That's you know? awesome. Um, and and so yeah, so you know, cut to cut to uh, uh, Knoxville, seventh grade, we're in art class and I have a skill and it, it, it imprinted on me. It became sort of my like thing. Oh my, there's, there's Joey. That's how I was, you know, and he, I mean, he's an amazing quote unquote, he's an amazing artist. Mm -hmm. And that is what sort of broke through in that class. Start to develop a bit of an identity. Yes. And so I would have people come asking for me to just draw them things and I'd do it. They'd hang it up in their lockers. They'd give it as gifts as our friends or whatever. Um, And that's basically how I, I broke, broke in. Mm. into socially anyway yeah yeah um so and and that's sustained me that stayed with me it, it, it I, th- I think when i look back on it i i think that that's when i started to realize you know the the power of skill in different ways and what i mean by that is that 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 sometimes you just want to be good at something you know because maybe you love to do it and that's probably the case for everybody but there are certainly benefits that go along with it, right? There are economic benefits, mm-hmm. social benefits, ego benefits, whatever the benefits are to you being good at something, um, self-satisfaction. And it's just funny to see how that, how all of that kind of motivates what you do. I mean, you're a direct, you get it, you know, you're always looking for, well, how does this motivate that and this and that? But yeah, it's sort of like you can see the forces at play in the personality of that person, in this case, myself. And you sort of just see how that, that entity reacts now in its sort of social sphere. And it, yeah, and it was just an interesting time for me to look at art in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, so it kind of got you into the, the social world, I guess, started making friends that way. Mm-hmm. You were the guy who could draw and that made you cool, I guess. Yeah. It made you something, right? Made, yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And it's funny enough, um, just to connect it even to today, at the same time, I also met people who were very similar to me, uh, uh, one Brandon Rochelle. Yeah. And he went to school, uh, same place, same grade, same everything. And I met him you in seventh You guys went to high grade. school together? You know, or high middle school? school? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and so, you know, he, he had a bit of a different trajectory, but sort of almost the same narrative arc. He, he was a big tech guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he loved technology. He he had his own passions in that, and and so sort of like he had his own tangent and his own approach to that and what he was doing. And we were friends for a while, and I kind of got into this sort of like maybe the cooler click for a period of time. Mm-hmm. 
because Brandon going back was always just he was a big geek. He was he was a nerd. I'm too, but but he 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 sort of faithful. He stayed faithful to that geek. Mm -hmm. You know, he stayed that way. You guys. You know, spoiler alert, you guys are business partners now, but yeah. uh, but uh, you guys are very much a uh, yin and yang. It almost seems <laughs> yeah. like I, that's the way I see you, you two, yeah. you know, where, where, where the other person uh, might uh, succeed. The other person may have some deficiencies right. there, you know, yeah. personality wise or whatever. And you guys have just kind of clicked docs together so well and built something that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's a whole, man, Ben, there's probably a whole, we don't have time for that kind of, deal, yeah. right. But it, it, it's, it's one of those things with him and, and I hope it, I wish it, you know, I know your listeners are all swaths of people, right? Sure. Creatives, entrepreneurs, business people. Right. But when you, when you are able to find people where you have some great complementary you know, where mm -hmm. there's just great complementary forces, you might have some overlap and that overlaps great because it creates common ground and common purpose and common goals, but where there isn't overlap and perhaps there's a lot of, uh, of space where there's not overlap, you can take a lot of, you know, you, you can just accomplish a lot more together. And I think many companies are seeing that today too, where you're, it's rare that you have a single founder or a single person behind any, anything anymore. It's, it's a group of people, two, three, four partners doing something. And I think that's because it's just a lot harder now to come up with something new and original. And you need that, that you need that overlap, but you also need the specialization that everybody sure. brings. Well, and tech has become a huge part of that too. Absolutely. I have a buddy who just interviewed with the Y Combinator. Wow. La last, this month, at the beginning of this month. And uh, he's had his company. It's a brilliant startup. So he's pitching them? He pitched them. Or he pitched on them. December 7th. Okay. Um, and he's, he's kind of a solo deal, uh, but he's built this company. It's three years old now. And uh, they, they decided not to engage with him at the moment. Okay. Um, but their main reason for that is because he did not have a tech partner really in the in his his business idea and it's not an idea he's he's put it to paper it's it's working it's it, yeah. all that but but because they i guess they want to scale it they want to make it bigger they want to invest in something that is tech forward and they they want one of the founders yeah. to be a tech a tech guy absolutely and that and i thought that was interesting because that's kind of your and brandon's makeup yes i, I mean just just as you know, a lay person looking at it, I would say you're the creative. Yeah. Brandon's the He's tech. The tech. Yeah. And, and it's just a synergy that happens there. That's pretty amazing. And I think, you know, ju just, a, it's also what's, what I will say is interesting about it is the approaches in business that are different too. Um, you, you are absolutely right. And, and any of the intuition or, 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 or gut, that, that someone would bring to that narrative where you would think, yeah, he's a creative, he's the tech guy. And, you know, he does the creative things, he does the technical <laughs> things and all, all goes like it, you know, yeah, that's all real and, and, and right. But it's also the approach to business. That's, that's very useful mm -hmm. because, because Brandon, um, like, I'd like to think that I'll, I'll give you, like, I'd like to think that I'll bring a level of, of, um, which is typically my approach. Like I'll, I'll, I'll pull two disparate things together and try to come up with something creative or original. Like, what if we do this and this? Or from the strategy standpoint, or combine this and this? You don't expect it, but it might be something interesting. And that's always a bit of my approach on something. Whereas with Brandon, he he is very well versed in the the mechanics of something. Like he knows, for example, business law, right? Mm. He 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 yeah. he'll know um, the tax code, like the situation yeah. for that. Whereas I will look at it and be like, all right, you know, why don't we try these two things to ensure that we don't pay as much tax as we should, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, and it works, uh, uh, it works 
really well, I think, in that way where you can depend on somebody to to it's almost like you have each other's back. You have yeah, he you backfills know, yes. for you and, yeah. and vice well, versa. And even with BA. Uh, same yeah, thing Brian there. Allen. Yeah. With yeah. Brian Allen. Um, you know, one, the subject matter expertise and talent that he brings to the table, but two, the the, the just the 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 overall experience. Um and then of course with Pop Fizz, his 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 emphasis on culture um mm. has has been very important and and one that again, like he brings that because he he's spent fifteen years in in corporate America, mm-hmm. right? With at the time scripts. So he he totally understands building a team and protecting them and creating, you know, a dynamic uh, and a culture that allows for goals to be achieved while people are also actualized. He gets all of that because he's lived it. And so I think that's part of where like people just have to recognize the team and what each other brings to that. Mm-hmm. Um and le- and then give give them the space. Like, you, you know, I think sometimes people, you know, like you, because it's very easy to be adversarial in that situation too. Like I, I could be like, no, that's not how I would do it. This is what I think, you know, and you're wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. You got to remember you partnered with somebody or hired them or whatever for a reason. Exactly. There's no reason to impose your that's will right. on something that somebody knows more about. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we always look at the U.S. almost in a way of like, let's debate it. You know, let's, it's not, it shouldn't be, it should be a debate. It should be an intellectual debate. And in that discourse of civility, we will together decide what way to go. And it might be an experiment. Mm. It might be a concession. It might be, all right, I tell you what, I I hear what you're saying. You hear what I'm saying. Let's, let's basically do what you're saying for a minute Mm -hmm. and see what happens. Yeah. Right. I, I do think that, that, that approach, I think, does need to be recalled a little bit. It doesn't seem like these days there's a whole lot of that happening, at least in public uh, uh, spheres. Yeah, you, you it's, know, it's, and it's so it feels so uh, adversarial yeah. now. You know, it's like it seems like a, a lot of you can't even have a civil conversation with your buddy about politics sure. anymore. No. You know, it seems like everything is kind of yeah. you're picking a side. Well, because I think everybody, you know, my mother always told me, look, don't don't believe everything you think. You know, so she, she's, I mean, Ben, she, if anything, my mother has consistently, and it, it's it, even at times, and it served me very well when I have gotten maybe a little too proud for myself, but like, she's always emphasized humility, Yeah, you know, and coming from her culture, that's a big deal. Really? Yeah. Um, big trade of the Filipinos. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think Asian cultures in general, they, they like to be very, they're very interdependent. They want the, the organism to work well, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're not as independent in terms of like, let's say Western culture where, you know, we all hold up the bootstrapped person, sure. but their, their cultures are very much a bit more inter, you know, like the community, it's more communal in right. a way. Right. Yeah. And, and so she's just always been that way to me. And she's like, yeah, you can't believe everything you think because one, that. you could, you can be wrong. Yeah. So I, I, I just, it, it, it's always one of those, all right, you know, I'll give you what I think and here's what I feel. Yeah. Um, let's debate it and we'll decide together. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, you and Brandon met each other before you, and you guys started design sensory like in college, right? Or something like that. Yeah, something we, crazy like that. <laughs> 2001. So that's the other thing that's really f- interesting about 21 is that it will be 20 years. Oh, nice. Next year. Yeah. For, for design. So sensory. it really is your year. 2021 yeah. really is yeah, your we're year. We're both turning 40. He's turning, you know, or excuse me, we're both turning 40. He turns 40 literally in, in a week and a half. And then, uh, and then the company turns 20. Yeah. 
That's amazing, man. Because you're not old, and to have a 20 year old company is crazy. And it's crazy to think about it because it. I, I think it's also you know, especially for people who who don't understand the context of it. You do, which is great. And that, like, you know, if you, if you remember and you were alive and kicking in the late 90s and early 2000s, and it really is like again a byproduct of the time. Because if you remember, it was, you know, the E-Worlds and the AOL dial-ups, yeah. right? Okay. But then early on in 2000s, it, I mean, it started to become very real for a lot more people. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think- High-speed internet, yeah, right? High-speed Na- internet. Napster. And all, Napster. All that kind of stuff. You know, and then like at some point, every business and brand had to have a presence on this thing called the internet or mm-hmm. the web. And you you had conversations now about everybody having access to the information, quote, superhighway, right? Yeah. Al Gore. And and so all of a sudden, that big change, I mean, that's basically the backdrop for us. So, so what was interesting is that, yes, we were young. We were in our early 20s, 20, but we were speaking a language and doing things that required us to be that age because if if we yeah. didn't do you see what i'm getting yeah at? Like, if you would have been 50 you wouldn't have no, known about it <laughs> we wouldn't have been taken seriously the only reason we were taken seriously and we got any opportunity is because of our age mm-hmm. and that's that's why again it's with humility i say that it, it yeah i love the fact that we've accomplished all these things but it, it really is a byproduct of you know partly being in the right place at the right time two being very passionate and driven to want to do something mm-hmm. you know three the synergy between us but but it very much is about that time because because had we been 10 years you know maybe uh earlier <laughs> we would have probably faced uh massive ageism right you know what why am i listening to someone who's 22 or 4 tell me what to do well right. sir ma'am it's because you know the internet's 2 years old man <laughs> It's grown up with me. Yeah. <laughs> or as the consumer web, I should sure. say. Yeah. So. Well, and, and weren't college dorm rooms one of the only places <laughs> you could get like super fast yeah. high, Wi-Fi? Yeah. Or so super fast internet? The hotbed for innovate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and so, you know, well, it's Facebook grew out of that, right? Oh, yeah, it did. Napster. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's like um, you guys were very uniquely positioned as a duo. Mm-hmm. To build websites, right? I mean, you did the design and Brandon knew the tech. Is that kind of how I mean, that's essentially again? Yeah. Yeah. The, the layman looking in, you know, and I think there was a sort of a third component for me. And that is that, that, um, the, the other thing that informed my childhood for the longest time is I was very, um, I was very into psychology, mm. um, especially into late high school. And then when we got into college. So much so that instead of just pursuing business in college, I decided to pursue psychology. Hmm. Um, and, you know, there are some jokes around that for some people, but really I pursued that out of a passion because more and more I was very interested in personality, social psych, you know, why why do people make the choices they make? Hmm. And again, it's a bit of a retrospective. Like I look back and think, well, I, I, I kind of know more about that now because it, it was in, you know, trying to deal with the um, uh, moving you know, uh, locations when I was young, because I moved a couple times um, when I was young and, and my, my family sort of had a wild swing. They were really well off in the earlier parts of my life and then later on sort of lost it all as I got older. I wish it was flipped, but, uh, you know, actually I don't actually wish it was flipped. Um, just, <laughs> turned out perfect. Turned out fine. <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's yeah, because I mean, I, I'm sure I'd be a great A asshole if it was flipped. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and it would be like, you know, so, so I would learn 
I, you would just sort of observe and learn things about others and about yourself. And that was interesting to but me. You, so you grew up an amateur psychologist. Yeah. yeah you sort of in your own lab. <laughs> Especially when you're a loner. I mean, yeah. you, you, you observe, right? Introspection. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And so, and so that was sort of the third sort of leg of the stool of like, you know, I'm interested in art. I'm interested in all that. I'm interested in the designed world, if you will, but I'm interested in, in not only the designed world and the practice of designing and creating world and stimulus, I'm interested in the response sure. as well. Well, um, and it seems like if you if you if you know what the response needs to be, that it it, it you back engineer from there. Exactly. One I can remember vividly some of the classes I had. One was on human factors. To your point, and and one of the projects was design a radio or uh, an audio unit for someone who was blind. And you know this is before Siri, right? This is before voice activated things. And you would just sort of say, man, it would be kind of neat if I could just talk to this thing. But that really wasn't the interface at that point. Mm. Um, and so you sort of had to think about, okay, if I'm, you know, is it, is it, are, do we use Braille or what, like what, how, how does one create this? Is it boxy? Is it boxy so that they can easily map what the front is mm. when they touch it? Mm-hmm. You know, is the front maybe a little bit more uh, uh, organic as opposed to the backside. So they realize that they can ignore that when they're feeling it to find the buttons, Wow, you know, things like that. And that's what, that's what stayed with me. And that's, what's always been very interesting for me on any project. You know, it's, I mean, again, I, I feel like, you know, sort of the shared thing of like, if I change this about this scene, right. It'll evoke this. <laughs> what does it do? Right. And, and, and it's, I think it's just those calls are the ones that I love the most because it's, it's, I think it's done with so much heart and love and purpose by people, even if they're doing it, you know, they're getting paid and they, 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 they want all the, all the things that go with it. But in that moment, when someone's designing something, I really feel like that's probably them being their, their most human, their most empathetic, their, their most soulful. They're, they're creating something for someone else mm. and they care so much that they want to get it right. You see, yes. Yeah. I get it a hundred percent. You're messing with the old Dom bottle there. The old, <laughs> yeah. old Dominic. Did you design that? Or no, did I you... wish I did. I mean, yeah. we, we got brought on to t- help tell their story. Yeah. Um, they it's a had... whiskey company in That's Memphis. Right. They, uh, they are a whiskey company in Memphis. They're the oldest distillery in that region. Hmm. Um, they have a great story. They come, it's an immigration story. The, uh, uh old, uh, uh Dominico, um, basically came from Italy and uh, immigrated to, I think it was New Orleans, mm-hmm. went up the uh, Mississippi Delta and settled in Memphis and sort of became, um, uh, he, he was in export-import, um, but he, he toyed with um, spirits on the side and he came up with the recipe for this Memphis toddy, which is over 100 years old. Is that their flagship? I think it's what they're most known for. Um, old Dominic uh, Memphis toddy. Memphis toddy. And, I mean, it is, the, it is probably the, a, a singularly defining product for them because mm. there are other toddies, but there's no, there's no toddy like this. Mm. Um, and, there's, and, and again, it's, it's over 100 years old. It's a family recipe that was handed down. And interestingly enough, it was left in the warehouse for 80 years. The great, what, wait, what, like bottled? Yeah. The great, 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 what, you know, grandkids of the Canali family found a bottle and had it reverse engineered 
to, re, to basically to resurrect the the, the mix, recipe that, the res- that yeah. old Dominico had, yeah. had made. And then they started the business around that. And since then, they've added additional brown liquors on, or you know, so they've they, the whiskeys, um, and uh, they've got a gin and a vodka. Um, gin's fabulous. Uh, they launched it this year. We helped launch it this year. That's and, awesome. Um, but again, you know, to your point, well, I've got to take credit for the. I mean, we have helped rebrand them to a degree, but their yeah. packaging is phenomenal. And uh, again, that's just one of those places where someone took the care and the time, and I'm sure they went yeah. through some pains to get it done right. And it's just so, so wonderful. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize how much um, thought, not just from one person, but from a team of people sometimes um, goes into it. And you try to avoid the camel yeah. situation where, you know, <laughs> enough people, you know, get get their, get to pee on it to yep. where it doesn't look like anything mm-hmm. anymore. But, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I, you, you have some particularly... Uh, talented people at Design Sensory that uh, I've seen you work alongside with, and the synergy there is pretty amazing. Thinking oh, yeah. about like uh, Katie, for instance, oh, who gosh. absolutely loves some of her work uh, that that she's that she's done. Yeah, yeah. Katie. Uh, um, Katie Marshall. Katie Marshall is an incredible designer. Um, you know, and has an awesome story too. Um, and she's so fearless. I think that's the thing I love most about her. Mm-hmm. Um, just so fearless in, in her personal life and professionally. Um, you know, she doesn't need a lot of handholding. And that's sort of the beauty of some of this sort of get a bit more into design is that, you know, it, 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 it probably is like any other, um, craft where, you know, if, if you've, if you've got the fundamentals down, well, mm-hmm. then anytime you're approaching a project, you can start to dream, dream bigger and do more yeah. and be more ambitious. Yeah. It's almost like once you know the tools yeah. a little bit better, it, it, you know, make, it makes your, it, it, it expands, uh, it expands what your possibilities are once you understand the tools and the, the people you're working with too. Yeah, and it opens it up. And, and so you spend less time in that process having to, you know, kind of learn how to dribble or do a layup. Mm-hmm. And now you're able to, bad metaphor here, but you're able to execute a triangle. You know, you're able to do more sophisticated things because everybody knows how to shoot, jump, yeah, run, dribble. Sure. And I, I, that's one of the things I think I've learned very well in the last five, five-ish years of where it's so important to, to cult, you know, I mean, I get why you would pay, uh, I get why someone would pay top dollar for the talent because you, because you know that if I can pay, you know, I mean, this is actually a Netflix thing is a big deal with, uh, the CEO, uh, Reed Hastings. He's like, you, you should overpay for talent because mm-hmm. if you can, because if you do, you will get exponentially more value out of that talented person than if you didn't pay for somebody and you had to spend time on their productivity or their own formation as right. a, uh, I mean, he's a big proponent of like, you know, find, find that the best talent and then pay him 10% more. Yeah. Yeah. He's almost like a Tim Ferriss, like a, approach it backwards kind of guy, yeah. like some outlandish kind of business practices That's right. that I've heard with Netflix. Oh yeah. That, like, like giving people the keys to budgets that, that they have no business holding on to, letting them make crazy, stupid deals right. and failing and, and it's fine and yeah. learning yeah. and what like no vacation time like like they <laughs> yeah. just like they, they they don't have PTO that's you, right. you can if you want to take off take off I think you don't have be to, an asshole about it that's right yeah <laughs> I mean he, he, the whole like yeah you're a professional you know and and we we believe in personal responsibility so I'm not gonna you know mama you like, right like you, you dick you know what you need to get done you know, again, if, if it's in line with what he's talking about, I've already hired you and you're paid so well that like at this point, the only thing that matters is that you do your job well and you, 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 uh, you, you know, you, uh, you climb that mountain. Yeah. And I don't care if you decide to rest for a minute and go just yeah, do your thing. Exactly. You know? yeah. It's, it's, it's nice 
you know, I, I work for a company, I work for Pop Fizz, you know, and, but it, it is, it is nice to have that feeling that's imparted upon you that, you know, you wouldn't be here if you weren't good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, that like that, that, uh, vote of confidence yeah. from, and, and culture that BA builds, yeah. you know, and, and all that. It's just, it's, it's, it works and mm-hmm. it's very startupy. You yes. know what I mean? It kind of it feels it feels like a, a startup kind of vibe, but it works. And there's a reason it works, it seems like. Yeah, I always love that. You know, when <laughs> the word startup cleanses a lot of sins, you know, yeah, like, oh, exactly. you know, well, we <laughs> don't have a team member handbook and the processes aren't well defined. But look, we're a startup. We're sexy. It's good. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I agree. I mean, again, he comes from corporate and he so he knows, you know, he knows he doesn't you don't want something to stifle that. I think it works really well well especially in in the realms and of course which one doesn't want to be that way anymore but when where the business is is it's not necessarily a mature business it's it's one where you're looking for a lot of catalysts and you know and innovation hmm. right and you're trying to sort of just remove and simplify and remove all the layers and just basically let these people who are super talented figure something out. I think what I have learned is again, in the back 10 years of this is that, you know, you got to bring some level of process to, to it. Um, because at some point over time, as you scale, and there are a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of anecdotes and a lot of research on this, but as you start to add scale, uh, the, the, if you, if you don't put infrastructure in, there is that sort of the complexity that starts to like fall in on itself. But sure. I think early on, no joke, you know, if you're under 20 people, like, yeah, that, 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 I think the goal at that point is just to gel. Right. You just got to, to your point about even me, like you just got to define who you are, your personality and what your culture is and what you care about and what your goals are and figure out how to work together to achieve them and less about, okay, how do we deal with 50 people? Right. So it's not a problem yet. Yeah. That's not what you have to worry about just yet. That's right. Well, you, how big are you guys now? How big is design sensory? We're a bit right, right at 40. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Man. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. It's crazy. And I love conversations like this because it, it, it I don't often get the chance to, uh, I really don't often get the chance to sort of th- retrospect and think about and it, recount. talk about it, recount. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when you, you do, and you sort of even just drive in here, sort of just thinking about what we may talk about, it's just like, it, it's interesting, even like, you know, with the differences in my day now, as it, it was, you know, five years ago was 10 years ago. Yeah. The things you miss, you things you love, things you don't love, you know, there was, there, there's, I, you know, I've known you for, I don't know what it is, five, six years yeah. now. Um, and, and I, I always, I learn a little bit more about you, uh, you know, every time we talk, but also from other people that, that know that we work together. And, uh, and somebody that went to high school with you said, <laughs> I'll tell you what I know about Joey Nother is he bought his own car <laughs> in high school because he had a job oh that he could gosh. pay for it. And oh, he bought man. a BMW Z3 as a high school student. Oh, is that story true? And that is true. With your own money? With my own money, yeah. I mean, That was I, like a, a fancy sports uh, car at yeah, the time. Yeah, well, you know, it, and the, as usual. Most people's parents couldn't afford those and, and see, at the it's, time. And, and that's where, <laughs> there, unfortunately, there are some, uh, uh, like, it, you know, I was always a big Bond fan. Not that, that you know, it's funny yeah. that you're in, you know, we, we, you know, what we do, what we do, because I think we all love stories so much, you know, fiction is a wonderful place to be um and 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 so you know all that goes into i guess everybody right and so at the time uh, gold and i had come out and i'm fawning mm. after this car it looks awesome of course i'm a you know uh, uh, essentially a, i mean I, I have a love for design so i'm already susceptible to 
uh, you know, aesthetics. Yeah, sexy call it looking objects stuff. Of, yeah, object, <laughs> are, object are. So it's 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 like I'm I'm fighting a losing battle here, mm-hmm. but you know, kind of bring back what tie into what we were talking about earlier. So eventually, what happened was I I I you know those sketches, mm-hmm. all that art really started becoming in more graphic design. Mm-hmm. And um, again, it's sort of that uh, that other thing going on at the time, which is the desktop publishing revolution. Uh, so Photoshop was a thing uh, at the time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember Photoshop three, like you know, b- before it went away, freehand, um, which which was sort of a competing product to Illustrator. Um, you know, and, and, and I would, I would go home from school and I would teach myself these programs, um, you know, and weirdly enough, I, what I would do is I would, the same thing I said I did before, I would take, um, like I would take a picture of the X-Men and I would try to illustrate that mm. and, and on learn a computer? on the computer wow. and learn the process. So that's how I learned graphic design. Wow. And I, um, my, my, my dad, they were, we were really struggling for a period of time. Um, and so I was trying to find a way to take that skill and make some money with it to help. for the family. Yeah. And, um, and so that's what I was doing. And, uh, you know, again, a, a bit of a long story short on that. Um, I had some initial successes, a great time to grow up to, because, um, I see that car as, as sort of the culmination of a lot of things some mature, some immature, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, if I had to do it over again, would I care as much about it? I'd still care about the car, but I wouldn't care about buying it at that moment. You know, I'd probably yeah. take the money and do something else. You're with 17 it. years old. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's sort of like, so, but, but it became, um, I learned a lot about myself in terms of, I think like what was important to me. Uh, I mean, I'm, I've, I've never really talked about it much, but, it, but it, you know, I think at that time I, I was very uh, – I cared a lot about what people thought of me. Yeah, I, I, I wondered about that. Yeah. And I feel like you would if you – in coming yeah. to a new place where you didn't know yeah. anybody as – in the in, pu- in the middle of puberty. Yeah, no, <laughs> you, know? I, 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 you got it. And then and then I went. So I went through this whole phase. But I think I think for some people, you know, sometimes it's like they they go through all these fits and starts. They hit they they get the uh, they get the hard hits, and then we just all grow up. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, I literally like weirdly enough, like scaled that mountain, got to the top of it. At least at that time, what I ever thought that was. And realized like, I didn't really care. Yeah. Um, you didn't I, care about being the cool dude? No, I didn't. I, I I remember I got invited to certain parties I didn't want to be a part of. There were things going down I just didn't want to be a part of. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, um, running with certain people and, 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 and I, you know, come to find out sometimes it was just because I, I'd, I'd buy the dinner or I'd get the drink, not oh, the drink, yeah. but I'd get the, you know, yeah, I'd get the, whatever. I'd get the meal. And so you start to realize you, I, it was a, it was a, what I would think of as a, as a two to three year sort of lesson in superficiality. Really? Yeah. Uh, and, and that part of life and, and I did a hard reset, man. I, I, um, um, the family's financial situation can continue to deteriorate. And so basically what ended up happening was that I started contributing dollars to the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, st- and sort of that, that grew me up pretty fast. Sure. Um, and is this still in high school or are you in yeah, college th- now? This is in, in high school, but it's also now the, the, the you know, freshman year of college right. and sophomore year. And, um, and so all of a sudden I did, it's really high school. It's right in that area. Cause I, it still started hitting me hard in high school. I, I started to do a lot more volunteer work, 
because mm-hmm. I felt bad about being so self-centered, yeah. you know, or blowing money on things that were were all, just tr- just trifle things, cavalier things, and and so um, I I started uh, volunteering with the uh, this this group. Um, on Central, uh, there was a Knox area sort of a, a, a group that sort of counseled teens, but by basically mm-hmm. just coming in and spending time with them. Like mentorship. Yeah. yeah. And I started to do that and other volunteering things. And, and that was a, a great eye opener for me. It, it really sort of uh, opened me up to seeing what mattered more. So it was sort of that, that, you know, I did the style thing, then I shifted and I was all about substance. And then at some point, I found that wow, they aren't diametrically opposed. They should go you together. You can have both, right? And one should inform the other, and that's why I sort of come to this now of like there's a beauty in things where it's like th- there was a heart invested in that object by its creator or designer. That right. you know is mm-hmm. telegraphing care to somebody. There's something so sacred about that for me, um, you know. Whatever it is, even if it's a, a car. I mean, even the cars that you know we look back on, like what the heck were they thinking? The Aztec, yeah. You know, but but that Aztec <laughs> still had ten thousand parts to it. Yeah, <laughs> someone still Somebody, spent a yeah. lot of time on it. Like, yeah, and and so you realize, man, it, it, it's just <laughs> the create that you know someone spent their time you know maybe they look back like well i learned a lot and then i went on to do something better you hey know? and it became uh, iconic as walter white's car <laughs> in breaking bad, bad yeah. <laughs> but uh but but uh, you know and so it's just i think it's just one of those things where that 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 for me was where yeah i still love the the i still love all of that but but for me i like to go a little bit deeper and, and understand maybe just a little bit more of the substance on some of yeah, that the why yeah the why yeah so you and Brandon started this thing 20 years ago. You and Brandon Rochelle started Design Sensory. And, you know, I I, I have a, a million questions that we're not going to be able to get to today. But I but I do want to know, like, what, what that kind of trajectory looked like. It Was it just you guys in a garage somewhere, a dorm room at first? And then how did you grow it into a 40-person company and also found – a production founded a production company sure. together pop fizz off the side of that with Brandon with Brian Allen. So how did that, how in the hell at 40 years old, did you do all that? So, you know, and I'm going to already lens it, you know, with your audience in mind. And first of all, I'd say like, we came into this work as people who love the craft. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, you just, you start out and I think it's, it's not like you don't have a clapboard like, well, you know, action. And then we get to it. Right. You, you kind of fall into it organically. You're just pursuing the things you like. You pick up a job, you learn some things, you do more, you want to do more of it, you know, and you kind of keep going and going. And I think that was more or less the case for design sensory. Um, the, the, we started out, our, our, you know, our first offices technically were just the homes we were in, Mm -hmm. but we, um, our first office together was off cross park drive in the middle of Cedar bluff area there. And, uh, it was just he, he and I, and, um, we were in a room that was probably half the size of, of the one we're in now. Um, you know, keep in mind, we had our big CRT monitors staring at us as well, two per. So, I mean, like we were, we, we bought our furniture was from Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just sort of started out like that. We felt like we needed a space to be able to bring people for meetings. And again, you're sort of starting out and you're like, man, we need to be a little bit more legitimate. You know, yeah. we're 20 something like, man, we need to, 
we need to kind of put on the act a bit here. Um, and so that's what we did. And those days are fantastic days. I mean, we would spend time working and then that after hours, we'd fire up good old Super Smash Brothers on the, uh, you know, uh, N64 and uh, or the GameCube and spend more time on that. So that's a legacy thing. See, I see, I still yeah. see the Super Smash Brothers <laughs> at Design Sensory. So that's, <laughs> that, that has that's been a, around forever. So that's nostalgia. That's yes. part of the fabric of, of the company. Oh man. Yeah. And, and it was, it was, man, it was, it was great times and we learned so much every single day. Um, still good friends. Still, I mean, yeah, around yeah. the time, like where you guys was business ever getting in the way of friendship or did it just become a business relationship at right. some point? No, or? I mean, I think that, you know, like I think that, I think both of us would certainly love to spend more time with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not based basically um, doing work. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we the days are are are, are tight and long mm-hmm. um, and there's not a lot of time anymore to to just you know, have a pickup game of Super Smash, you know, yeah. even though he's something that you, and then you know, you always sort of say, well, like you, 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 maybe you should make time and that's true. You should, but, but not when you've got a long docket and now you have two kids, yeah. you know, and you got a family. And I mm-hmm. think that's probably it. I mean, it's a bit cliche, but it's one of those, like we both have sort of crafted our families and our lives. And then, you know, we're doing everything we can to balance the balls of those, you know, or balance the scales of, of, of being a dad and husband and, um, uh, you know, uh, someone who's, who runs things. We're also hands-on, as I mentioned, you know, we're not, we, we didn't, we came into this as people who do the work. And so we do invest and continue to invest time in, in, in the making of items. And you two are always the last ones there at, at Design yeah. Sensory, it seems like, you know. It's just long days. And, and so it- 20 it, years in, you're 20, still doing the work, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because some people look at that in a good way and others look at it as a bad thing, you know. Yeah, some and, people say, hey, you should have, you should have automated it better by yeah, now. Yeah, or, or don't you have, you know, staff or don't you, you know, is can't you delegate it? And, and you know, they're, they're, again, it's, it's, it's yes, but yes, yeah. but no, mm-hmm. but, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there are, um, and you work through it, but yeah, I, 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 I can, I can't, I will say this, that yes, we remain good friends. He knows I'll always have his back. I know I, the same thing. I have never, never, uh, like Brandon has never in 20 plus years ever given me reason never to trust him. Right. And if you think about like, I, you know, it's hard to say that about anybody, mm-hmm. but I mean, I literally can say in 20 years in him turning 40, me turning 40, like, like Brandon, you, you can. You can always trust Brandon to think about a problem and choose to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I have never, ever, ever, ever seen him <laughs> do anything differently than that. In many ways, he's been, uh, you know, because I always think I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good person, but like he's always been a great barometer for that too. I mean, absolutely. Like he, he you know, because sometimes if you're creative, like you can get very creative about the gray mm-hmm. I've, I've found. But he, he's, he's I, I appreciate his his intellectual rigor to keep something black and white. Mm. Yeah. You guys have, you know, for lack of a better term, I'll say the good cop, bad cop thing yeah. going on. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're the, you're the emotional one. It seems like yeah. who you can level yeah. with on some things. And then, and then Brandon will take that out, out of, out of the equation and kind of make, yeah. make a decision based on. Yeah. I think a lot of times people facts. have an interesting reaction to him because he doesn't, but that's the thing. It's interesting about it. Right. Um, Cause I, I get the chance to be on the one side. Most people aren't it's the conversation afterwards yeah. so, and, or before. And that's what I mean is that he can reduce it to black and white in order to make a decision and to get everybody sort of rallied. But what's interesting is that he, it's not in the absence of the emotion. Mm-hmm. He's well aware of it. Right. And many times he has been the more empathetic person on the by the book, 
Ah, than I have been. Really? Yes. People just don't see that. No, they don't. <laughs> and but that, I'm tell, I mean, that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. I yeah. mean, I guess rare that I can go on record to say, it, but that's why I'm saying like uh, Brandon, you you can so trust him to to like if he were a lawyer he would he would be someone who actually cared about upholding the sanctity of the law right that's the kind of person he is yeah yeah well i i thought it was i thought it was funny one day i was talking to him about about spotify and playing it through our sonos system and uh he was like well you know technically you need to you get the uh, get the commercial license for it so all the licensing gets paid to all the artists. I'm like, man, I just want to listen to Spotify on my computer while I'm working. And and he's wanting everything to be above board and, yeah. and right and fair and equitable. That's right. And and there's uh, that's commendable. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's fun in, in an artistic, you know, based on what we do, like to have that type of person, but in an art, fundamentally an artistic setting, like you could say, that, oh man, he's actually defending creators' rights. Right. To a creator. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. There's yeah. a certain irony and i've i've felt that way many years like all the time it's like man that's yeah. that's a you know that is a interesting perspective on it and i did not look at it like that you know well, what was the conversation like between you guys when it came time to start a production arm of your company or start a production company you know i think i think uh, and that's one of the things i think uh both of us the overlap is we enjoy taking risks mm-hmm. um and you're 14 uh, years uh, in or 13 right. years into design sensory at Th- this point that's right? right it's 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 that um um, uh, you know, we, we, I mean, it, it started out organically. We, we started to do more work where we needed more, uh, freelance help. And we started working with BA and he would, you know, we started to see this pattern arrive every time we needed to shoot something or film something, it was BA or BA and Brent. Yeah. Brian Allen, Brent Collier. Yeah. yeah. And it would, ju- it would, ju- it would just be BA and Brent, BA and Brent. We would, we, you know, do small little videos, it'd be run and gun, or we'd need, you know, stills. And, um, it was with, um, a lot of it was with varsity. We were doing a lot of work with John, McCready and John Roethlisberger, who are old oh. friends of, of BAs too. And they would always okay. be like, Dude, use this guy, use BA. Okay. He's great. And, and, and so he would come out and eventually we just kept doing it. And we just started talking. We're like, you know, it'd be very interesting if, if we just sort of like threw in and, um, everybody had some skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, instead of, uh, putting him like, like, Hey, you know, just put me on a retainer, but, you know, what we could do is just make that retainer basically like a business. A company. Yeah. And I think we just started looking at it in an entrepreneurial way. I think the thing that um, catalyzed something different was was that we were we we were looking at some opportunities out there and one of them had to was was this this little project called called Uncharted. And we, mm-hmm. we called it that after the fact, but, but there was this, there was a t- the TWRA, Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency was looking to um, uh, create a show to replace a show that they had. Ah, so like a, like a, a broadcast TV show they yes. had or a linear TV show they That's had right. already That's they, right. and they wanted something to replace it. That's right. They, they I had, didn't know that they had one already. Yeah. They of had, a, they had a, sh- the, what was it called? Right. I want to say it was, um, I, I can't remember what it was called now. It, it was uh, Tennessee, uh, um, Tennessee Wildlife, or the or something like that. Was it almost like a, a Bill Dance quality, yeah. like what kind of That's TV right. show? Yeah, and yeah. but it, but it was beat me sixty minutes. They'd have two hosts. The host would sort of key up a segment, and then they would cut to a segment, do the segment, come back to the studio. Gotcha. Yeah, and and they wanted to. They were sort of. I mean, I, I mean, they were to their credit very. Um, one very open to anybody, any idea, 
but to Don was his name. Um, I don't know if he's still there or not. Don at TWR. Yeah, Don King. Where yet? Yeah. Well, I mean, incredible guy. Yeah. And and he was open to this idea, and sort of like we all sort of went in and like, look, your audience is changing. You know, they still had this this goal. This is actually very key for us. They had this goal where, look, we we are we 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 need boating and hunting and uh, fishing licenses. That's what. That's how they make their revenue. Exactly. Right? That's how. That's what sustains them. And we need to appeal to a new generation of people because the the old what, the hook and bullet crowd's kind of aging out, right? And we're we're losing revenue, and so we've we've got to start doing something to find a, a basically new customers. We've got to figure out a way to generate you know a, or, or or expand our customer base, and uh, you know because because it's declining right now. And so that was for us just to cut forward. Like it, it, was, it was really the, the start of thinking about branded content for us because mm-hmm. when we went back and looked at the budget, we we're like, you know, you could do a traditional campaign with this, but mm-hmm. wouldn't it be interesting, you know, with <laughs> BA here and Brent, wouldn't it be interesting if we just basically went out and did a, you know, kind of a travel, like basically uh, at the, you know, Anthony Bourdain meets um, Bears Grill, you know, like just just something that was sort of like, let's go explore Tennessee, right? And not be in the studio. Let's just get out and show everybody how wonderful it is to get out. Yeah, and that was the start of it. And and since then, that's sort of been our uh, a very uh, um, that 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 really was a big bang for a lot of ideas. It ultimately led to a lot of the things that we're doing now, where we were looking at branded content entertainment, really as more of the the way to engage audiences than any traditional. Well, you were before your time with that, it seems like. I, I want to think so. I mean, there's a lot going on in the space, but but for to your point, this is before OTT. This is right. yeah. This this was it's that whole it's that whole idea that you want to entertain people first and advertise to them second. Yes. Right? Yeah. And they don't they 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 almost don't know that they're being advertised to until until it's to, and and who yeah. cares if they ever find out that they were advertised to as long as they were entertained and, and, you know? and that's that to your point you know, again the theme of almost this conversation is that it, that the brand is showing care by producing mm. stories and just telling stories that yeah. will do something for you sure. if you care anymore value but, yes yes yeah yeah they they the good old Gary V like you know. Uh, uh, you know, give up value, 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 then ask yeah, for business. Yeah, get, uh, what, what is it? Jab, 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 right hook, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, and give, and give, 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 ask. give, 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 then ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 again, that it, it, I think it suits us well because there's a lot of stories to be told. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, when you look at you know, I'm, I, again, br- branding for me is super important because it is for me the uh, kind of the 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 where everything comes together. The idea of art. And aesthetics, narrative, story, design, symbols, coming in with what the consumer or person needs and wants, and you know what their utility is. I mean, it all comes together there. Like, why is someone invested in any mm-hmm. any group that has a as a commercial brand name? And and and, and a lot of it just has to do with this sort of connective tissue of of meaningfulness that is generated mm-hmm. because of the giving. Like that, you know, right. they have experiences and moments and stories and 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 positive you know, touch points that that have created something meaningful. It's not just transactional. There there is a promise of something more. Mm. And um, and 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 for me, I think content's a huge part of that. Um, it, there's also a personal thing for me on that, which is that you know I, I grew up uh, a Catholic, uh, uh, you know Irish, Filipino, Irish Catholic. You don't have to. <laughs> I don't need to say any more. And, uh, and what I, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time 
thinking about that. But when you think about what happens at a service or a mass, they for thousands of years understand this very well. You know, there is a doctrine, there is a communal aspect. You bring people together, they listen to stories. There is a sensory aspect to it. You take wine and host mm -hmm. and there is a you know meaningfulness to that to the degree that it changes substances itself right there's a symbolism to it and so it's like that's always been my world and that's actually how i look at brands so like when you walk into <laughs> apple store what transpires you know you've 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 got for me to, for, to it's a lot of of it's it's the, the brand cathedral it's like, oh, mm. I'm here now. And it's yep. solidifying my belief in the promise. Yeah, of, I feel you. Yeah. And I'm going to touch <laughs> it. And there are objects and those statues. That's Steve Jobs. Like, oh, wow. And Johnny <laughs> Ivy. And it's, but I'm serious. Like that, this is how everybody looks at institutions and brands. It, it, it's, it's just go look at religion. That is, that is, it's the exact model. Never for, thought uh, about it like that. Yeah. But it's making a lot of sense. The more I hear you talk about right. it. Right. So when you go and listen to the Bible and the homilies, that's content. Yeah. It's, let's, <laughs> let's put it into what it is now. Is that OTT? What is it? Well, I guess if I have the app for it now, it is like, you know, <laughs> I, I read from the old Testament and the new Testament, the shoulder content and this, and then we're going to do the homily that's the convergent content we're going to make something new and real for today for you uh, so there's tradition You're blowing my mind yeah, right now there's myth oh yeah i mean that's that's how i've always looked at it um social media has has basically created a situation where you're always in a mass with a brand right. now so i you know so think of it that way and that's where i i i'm i'm that's to back to your, your question. When when Pop started out, we looked at it as, oh my gosh, we were so blind. This is th at least a heavy part of what the church service has to be mm. for a brand. Branded content? Yeah. You mean, or branded it has entertainment? To be, any of it, all of yeah. it. Because if, if a brand now, let's come to now, 2021, like if a brand, especially this year, some brands I couldn't go to this year. The only way I had a relationship or connection is yeah. through story. I feel you. Yeah. And so, and so I just, I wish, you know, and I, I mean, I'm, this isn't new now, but, but for a lot of marketers and brand, I really think they need to look at it from the standpoint of like, look guys, churches in service for your brand every day. It's 24 <laughs> seven with social media and YouTube and everything else and your presence everywhere else on all these channels, you're in session Every moment. Yeah. Now, what do you have to you're say? You're not always just passing around the offering yes. plate, right? You're, right. You're there actually, you go. You're actually doing the service. Back to good old Gary V, right? <laughs> like that whole time you're delivering value. And the one time you ask, you know, you, you, it's just a nice and an easy little nudge. They yeah. don't even put, you don't even make them feel bad. Just yeah. be like, look, do you like what, what you're, yeah, give a little. I it mean, makes perfect sense now. Yeah. So it that's does. always been my framework for thinking about branding. Yeah. And content. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you guys landed on um, a pretty good utility to be able to attack all different sides of content with Design Sensory and Pop Fizz. Sure. You have. And I got to say that I'm grateful to you for having me, man. I appreciate it a lot for having me over Thanks, there at man. the shop every day oh, and for creating something that uh, I'm proud to be a part of. And you have no idea how, um, you know, it gets me emotional, but just, just to think of, 
the the blood, sweat, and tears of of talent people like you bring every every day. I mean that Thanks, that's man. that is the that is the thing that <laughs> that gets me. Uh, it's just to see all the people who invest so much in things and and make it better. It really it really is. Um, it's, it really is an honor for me, honestly. It, it it has to feel good for it to be in your position to see the to see these people um, that are, that are working at, together at a common goal. Uh, but then to see him get married, to see him buy a yeah. car, to yeah. see him have kids, and know that you and know that you helped him do that, man. Well, and that they helped me do that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're all on the same. You know, we're all sailing in the same direction, just on different ships. But I mean, that's what I mean. It's that that wonderful value exchange is uh, again just very sacred to me because everybody requires everybody in order to get somewhere. I mean. You know, and and to fulfill our dreams, we we all need each other. You know, um, and and I think that maybe in twenty twenty, that's a realization we all come out with a little stronger. You know, yes, um, that we realize it, it it does suck being apart. So when we really are together, does. we need to do more. You know, I think that's the thing that people are going to uh, come come away from twenty twenty with is maybe just a little bit more gratitude. Yeah, maybe Absolutely. just a little bit more. I was reading uh, uh, it was a Fast Company article recently about some you know people you know again those are the typical like oh these overachievers you know how do you start your day, but two of them I think two of the four I don't remember the names talked about that they'd get up in the morning and one of them literally was like oh I spend I spend about five minutes just thinking about the things I'm grateful for yeah I did that for for a year when I was about 23 years old I spent the first five minutes of my day with quiet time I sat down and I recounted all the things I was grateful yeah. for and it was the best year of my entire really? life I swear yeah I don't know why I can't be disciplined enough to do it now. <laughs> I think everybody should do it it's, I, I agree. it's brilliant it yeah. gives you you know compassion and gratitude gives gives you great it's a great way to start your day yeah perspective <laughs> yes. yeah yeah absolutely yeah and I, and I mean I think I, that's why I'm like I'm always bullish man I, I feel like 21 even if we have a lot of challenges and maybe it's going to be harder than 2020 but I think the thing everybody needs to realize is that because we got through 2020, we're ready for 2021. Sure. You know, it's like parenting. Each step prepares you for the next yeah, step. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> I don't know how you get prepared for, for when they turn 18, though. And, uh, you know, and they uh, leave. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that Liz and I will look at sometimes now that, you know, they'll start to demonstrate sort of these older uh, behaviors. And you're just like, man, our time is fleeting. I know. So, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it's fast. Yeah. Yeah, and then you take 15,000 pictures and they're all in the cloud and mm -hmm. here we go again, you know. Yeah, at least we've got them. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What else, Jano? Did we miss anything? Oh, man, we missed a lot of things, but I thought it was... <laughs> was that good for time, the 2020 man. version? Can we do it yeah. again in 2021? Let's do it, please. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've bought stuff that we didn't even touch. There's cigars sitting in there. <laughs> we just got right to it. But yeah, uh, but yeah. no, there's, there's so much, dude. We, I know. Um, and um, this has been a long time in the making. Uh, this is, uh, this has been, uh, you're somebody that one of the first names on my list when I started putting this list of people I wanted to come have sit in that chair. And, uh, it's a, a dream come true to, for you to wow. spend your time to come over and sit down no, with me, man. man. It really is. It, it really is. Uh, you know, when I, I commend you for, for growing and sticking with it too. I remember when you started out on this and I listened to, uh, you were, you know, you were talking to McAdoo. Yeah. And you were talking about, cause like he was at the, you know, at the same time he's trying to resurrect, you know, best behavior yeah. club. And we had this whole strategy of like, Oh, let's, 
bring that name back for this, right. and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I remember, you know, South of Scruffy's had, and I'm like, man, it's just great. All these podcasts are starting, you know, Matt honking and starting his yeah. own thing. And, um, but I tell you what, man, I, what I love always is just to see someone who's like, you know, I want to do that. And you do it. And then you're like, what are you 50 in? Yeah, you'll be fifty-two, yeah. which is the fifty-second week of twenty twenty, well, which right. is one I mean, one every one was, every week. Yeah, I was like, man, <laughs> <laughs> pressure's on here. Yeah. But but it's like it it it. I just the fact that you say you've done fifty-two, it's like that's incredible, man. Because most people, when they have an idea, they just you know they might have an idea and they might get to two, might get to five, might get to might get to ten, but you know they don't well, stick with it. When I when I was looking at podcasts in in. Uh, and trying to come up with a name for this podcast and just researching all the podcasts that have ever happened in Knoxville. I was looking them up as much as I could. And I was like, wow, this was three years ago and it stops at episode 16. And it's like, I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be the, the one that, that had these big grand ideas and didn't make them happen. So I'm afraid you're stuck with me for <laughs> a little while. Cause I'm having a hell of a good time with it. And, um, there's also, so much I, here to it, cover. Too. There is, there is. Yep. And uh, also, I don't I don't like to look like a quitter. So <laughs> don't quit. We need you. No, it's great, man. I mean, I can't tell you how many communities don't have somebody who is doing what you're doing. Well, I think true. it's important, and and I think I, I think it's important, um, and I think that it uh, I think it's important to know that for people to sit in that chair and know that people want to know their story, and I also think that for the listener. Um, there's a whole hell of a lot going on out there that they don't know anything about. They don't know the amazing people that live next door to right, them. They right. don't know how amazing they are. And I think that's kind of what this is all about. Keep doing it, man. It's fantastic. Well, um, thank you. And yeah, in 21, man, let's see if we can repeat this. And yeah. what, what, what do we learn in the, in the next next year? We'll yeah. Come back and think about that. Exactly. Thank you so much, Joseph, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, team. Thanks for a good year. I really, really appreciate it. How'd we do, me and Jano? He's an incredible mind, isn't he? And remember, if uh, you guys love to support local, you'll be happy to know that supporting this podcast on Patreon is supporting local. So patreon.com forward slash south of Scruffy uh, helps us out a little bit here and there. So uh, for the same price that you paid for that Starbucks latte this morning, you can uh, support the sustainability and the growth of this the South of Scruffy podcast. Thank you again for a wonderful year. Become a subscriber or a patron, as we call them, over at Patreon and uh, help keep this thing going. We appreciate it a lot. Thank you all. Have a wonderful 2021. Let's put this 2020 behind us and let's start, start getting into the good stuff. Love you all. Take care. Matt Honkinen, play me out.